Give that to Jesus, not about babies. Come on. Just because who he is. Just because of who you are, Jesus. I give you praise tonight. You got reason enough. It ain't about the cars in the driveway. It ain't about the house on the block. It's about who he is and what he is to me. When I think of his goodness and all that he's done for me. Hallelujah. Quickly grab your Bibles. Go to the book of Jonah tonight. Hallelujah. Book of Jonah. I want to say quickly, I want to get into this ASAP, but I do want to say it is an honor again to stand before you, Grace's pulpit, and give honor to our great pastor and his wife. Wouldn't be standing here tonight if it wasn't for them. And I give them double honor. Love my wife and little boy means so much to me. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3 very familiar very familiar but this is where God has us here tonight. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3 but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it and to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Somebody say, from the presence of the Lord. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach tonight about moving. Somebody say moving. From a place of unwillingness. Moving from a place of unwillingness. Why don't you put your Bibles down and help me pray. Let's pray right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus, God, I'm thankful for your spirit. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the anointing that I feel right now. Oh, God, I pray that it rests upon every individual here tonight. Move up and down every aisle, every pew, God. Saturate us, God, tonight. Consume us tonight with your word. Let us leave differently than when you have come. In the precious name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God. You can be seated. As I mentioned here tonight, our text, our launching point here is very familiar. But nevertheless, we understand Jonah had heard from the voice of God. The word of the Lord came unto him and said, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go there. The Bible says, cry against it. I want you to preach to them. And here it amazes me in this text that Jonah really verbally, as Scripture would indicate, that verbally he just didn't really argue. He didn't say anything, but he just took off. And he began to run from the presence of the Lord. 
He ran to Joppa, as our text has said here, and boarded a ship that was headed to Tarsus. And God sent there a great wind on, in that, or while at sea, excuse me. It, the wind was so great, the Bible tells us that it would like to break the ship. It, would, it, would, it was so strong that it would, the ship could not withstand it. The mariners there in the, the ship were so afraid. Every man, the Bible says, called unto their God, little G. They began to throw stuff overboard. They began to lighten the ship. There was, it was a great wind. It was a great storm. We find Jonah was asleep somehow in the bottom of the ship. The shipmaster woke Jonah up and said, pray unto your God that we may will not perish. Jonah responds to him says, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the Lord God of the heaven which made the sea and the dry land. He began to, he told them what he had done by running from God running and fleeing from the presence of the Lord, the Bible says that they were exceedingly afraid. That they, uh, if in my mind's eye, began to tremble. What have you done, Jonah? Why have you put us in this predicament? So Jonah said, well, I, I'm paraphrasing here tonight, but he said, why, why don't you just go ahead and throw me over into the sea uh, they cried and beseeched the Lord. The Bible tells us then the men proceeded to cast him, uh, Jonah overboard into the sea. The Bible also tells us that the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And that he did. There Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of that whale. Three Long, can you imagine, three long days and three nights. If I, could, if I could say it this way, Jonah had moved his residency to a place in the belly of a whale of unwillingness. His unwillingness to call of God, the voice of the Lord had come unto him to go preach. Preach to Nineveh. Tell them where they are. Tell them to move from their wickedness. He, 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 he fled. He ran. He, uh, he did the best that he could. But we understand you cannot under, run from God. We understand here tonight in the uh, 21st century that you can go to the ends of the world. You can make your bed in hell, the word of God tells us. But he will be there also. I have come here tonight with the, uh, the responsibility to confront a, a unwillingness, a unwilling spirit in somebody. God has spoken to you. The man of God has preached it. God has visited you in dreams. He's given you specific instruction about your life, but you have fled to a place of unwillingness. You have 
found your place and you have put your roots into this stubbornness. You put your roots in this unwillingness. And there, if I could put it this way, how many days, three days and three nights. Uh, all this maybe I, I feel just in the Holy Ghost that you have made your place in that place of unwillingness for many years. You have you you have made excuse after excuse. I'm getting so far ahead of myself, but I can't help it. You, you have made excuse after excuse. You've negotiated with God. You questioned, did I really hear it right? Did Pastor, did he he slip and bump his head? I'm not sure that's exactly what he meant. No, that's exactly what he did mean. But you have been unwilling. You have been stubborn. Uh, unwilling. I could not get away from it. As I was driving home on Sunday or riding home in the truck on Sunday, the Holy Ghost began to speak to me. There's a spirit of unwillingness. An unwillingness to get behind the man of God. An unwillingness to yield yourself to the call of God. An unwillingness to fulfill the role and responsibility in the local congregation. I'm preaching about a stubbornness. You you kicked, you you had a, the Bible referred, a God referred to the people in the Old Testament as a stiff-necked people. You have allowed yourself to become stiff in your spirit. Your heart is hardened unto the pool and the calling of God. I feel the call of God in the sanctuary tonight once again, calling you to the depths, uh, calling you to the depths of the things of God calling you to, to minister to in, uh, in the gospel. Uh, ultimately, we're all called to be preachers of the gospel. And we all have a responsibility. That's not my message or my topic here tonight. But ultimately, we have a responsibility as preachers of the gospel. But we have become, some of us, I, I feel it in the Holy Ghost here tonight. You've, you've been hardened. You've ran and you've found yourself self-stuck. You're, you're in this place of unwillingness. You have been swallowed. You've been swallowed by the lies. Swallowed. But in Jonah chapter 2, it says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell. Let me tell you, the place of unwillingness is nothing but a place of hell. I'll say it again. A place of unwillingness is just a taste. It's a glimpse of a place called hell. But out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the depth, or deep, excuse me, in the midst of the seas and the floods of compassed about me, or me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet, yet, I will look again towards thy holy temple. Thy, the, excuse me, the waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars were about me forever. Yes, yet hast thou brought me up, brought my life from corruption, O Lord my God. 
When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee, unto thine holy temple. Thou, they that observe lying vanities, forsake thy, their own mercies, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that, I will pay that, I will pay that, that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. We find here in chapter 2, somewhere, somewhere in this place of unwillingness, Jonah woke up, and he found a place of prayer. He, he found a place of, of repentance. He understood, okay, I can't run. I, as I said earlier, I, I, I proverbially ran to the end of the earth. I have gone so far away from you, but I cannot unrun, I cannot unrun uh, it. I cannot unrun. I, I just, you God, you're there no matter what. And I repent and I observe and I have a debt. Let me tell you something here tonight. You, you, God has called you. God has placed an anointing on your life and you've disqualified, your, disqualified yourself at the point of saying, well, I failed miserably. I, I have sinned against God. I, I, I just, I, I've ran so far from God that there's no way, there's no way that I could ever be used again. But there is, there is hope here tonight. I've come to preach some way out of that place of unwillingness. You've been stuck there. You're, you've been stubborn. As Sister Mayo would say, you've been a wooden Indian sitting there on a pew, service after service. The voice of God speaking to you so clear. It's, so, it's such a clear voice to you. But you're so unwilling. You're stubborn in your spirit. God's call has not ran out on you in your life. You can run out on God. Let me just pause and tell somebody here. You can run out on God, but God will not run out on you. Matter of fact, the only place that we see in Scripture, in the type of Jesus, the only time that he does run is when he runs to the people. I got Bible. I'll preach it. You probably heard me say it. The prodigal son, he squandered. I want everything that's coming to me, Father. Okay, here it is. He squandered. He blew it. He messed up terribly. He found himself in the proverbial wells, uh, 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 belly of a whale as a hog pen. But he came to himself and understood that the servants in my father's house have it better than I do. And he said, by chance, I could just be a servant in my father's house. And he began, oh, he began to make himself his way back to his father's house. Scripture tells us that the father seen him afar off. This father being a type of our heavenly father. You can run from God. You can walk out on God. You can squander him. You can squander all the blessing that is on your life. You can throw it all away, all the teaching, all the value, the wholesome values in your life. You can throw it out the window. 
But that day that you decide to make your way back to the house of God, I just see it in my mind's eye that God sits on the edge of his rocking chair looking down that wrong, dusty road. And when he sees him, he doesn't wait. Hey, let me just pause and tell you, God's not a God that waits for you to come all the way. God's not a God that's saying, no, you're the one that walked out, so you make it all the way here. But God's saying, no, I can't wait to see him because as soon as I see him, I'm going to ride to him. You don't have to worry about the judgment of God. You don't have to worry about this uh, iron fist that God rules with. No, no, no. He's got a soft place for his children in his heart. And when he sees them afar off, he's going to run to them. Hey, let me preach to somebody. You, I'm so far off my notes, but hey, let me tell you something right now. Your father may have ran out on you. Your mother have, may have ran out on you. Your, you. You may have family member, friends. Everyone just seems to walk away and run from you. But I promise you, there's one. When he runs, he runs to you. Well, I've squandered the calling of God on my life. I've neglected it. I've just left it. I've just left it where it first began. I've walked away from it. I've disqualified myself. I've been unwilling, but that's okay, baby. Just begin to make your way back to it. And God will meet you right there where he found you. Unwilling to submit. Stubborn to the will of God. I'm a preacher as I've been preaching. But as I've been preaching, your minds wondered. You remember the service. You remember exactly where you were at. You remember the preacher. You can remember the choir the song that was sang. That place in that altar. So many of us could take us, uh, take uh, to all of us to that place. Mine was in the Oklahoma District Campgrounds on the right side of the platform. I can remember the call. If I, got to, I could say it this way, I can remember the anointing oil. Oh, let's put ourselves in David's shoes. I can remember what it felt like to run down my face. I can remember, that's what you want me to do, God. You want me to do that? Okay. And you can remember the serenity. You can remember just crumbling in the presence of God and saying, God, I'll go. I'll do. I'll say. I surrender. But somewhere afterwards, you'd walk away. And of course, just as Satan would, begin to plant doubt Confusion in your mind. There's no way. I don't come from the, the right part of town. I, I don't have the right last name. I don't, oh, you could go through the list, the familiar list that all of us have heard here tonight. Disqualifying ourselves. I love what my brother says, and we heard it not long ago. Somebody quoted it. God doesn't qualify, uh, call qualified people, but he qualifies the people that he calls. But somewhere in our mind, we've said, no, I'm going to go to a place of unwillingness. 
I, I can't get away from the failure and the mess ups in somebody's life here tonight. You have failed. You have messed up. That's, that's okay. Who hasn't messed up? Who hasn't failed in here? Well, are we not all yet sinners saved by grace? Are we not all common man, flesh and bone? Do we all not, are we not all tempted in every manner and every way? Do we have a flesh and it's real? But the call of God is just as real. Romans 11 and 29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Failure may happen. You may stumble along your way, but the call of God is still there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rise up from my failure. I, I, I'm from my place of, of falling down and mistake. I'm going to dust myself off and begin to continue making my way towards God. To get rid of an unwilling spirit is to say, I don't know. And this is where ultimately I hope and pray that we all find ourselves as we leave here tonight is, God, I don't know how. I don't know what it looks like, but I trust you. I'm willing, God. The truth of the matter is, I'm going to speak to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. Pastor has asked you to fulfill a role in this local assembly, and you have went to a place of unwillingness. You have you you you've taken yourself off uh, a qualified quote unquote list of people to do that. But what you have done has prolonged the process. What you have done is prolong God's ability to place you in that anointing. He will, when, you, when you step into a new role in the kingdom of God, it doesn't come with you just standing there by yourself, but it comes with God saying, here's the cloak. Here's the anointing. Here's the garment that I've given you. I prepared this moment for you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be right there by your side. I'm here to walk you. See, what you don't understand, it's all a process. Joseph was in a process. He had a dream. He knew what the end result was. Just like you and I, we, we know what God's placed a calling on our life. We know exactly what it is. But the, what we can't see is in the middle. We can't understand why our brothers threw us, uh, threw us in, a, in a pit and sold us into slavery. Uh, but uh, thank God we can have a, a, a righteous spirit, a, a wholesome spirit as Joseph did to the end results and when Joseph at that end at that time of that process came to fulfillment he told his brother God God allowed this why he allowed it for the saving of my life and the saving of your life don't don't prolong the process. Don't prolong. By going to a place of unwillingness, you're saying, God, I know more than you. God, I, I, I'm taking myself out of it. What, what would happen if we would just get a spirit of willingness and say, Pastor, I'm not sure. Pastor, I, 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 I just don't know about this, but I, I'll submit myself. And if this is what you feel, then I'll submit. And I promise you, can anybody testify here tonight? 
that when you stepped in the faith, stepped out in faith, and God placed you in a, uh, a position that he met you there? I'll go back. I was 13 years old, Oklahoma District Campground. That carpet was ugly, Brother Kazani. I think it was, I don't know if it was red at some point, but it was like salmon color at that point when I was a teenager. That tabernacle had a distinct smell. I hadn't been in it in probably 10 years, 11 years, 10 years. But I remember the anointing. And as y'all very well know, if you didn't know, I got a big brother. He's pretty awesome. He's really awesome, actually. I love my brother. I wish he was here to hear this tonight. I respect him and admire him far more than a brother. But in my little immature mind, Brother Tristan, I thought, oh, yeah, it's going to be just like Cody. So it's going to be just like my brother. See what I, a lot of people don't know. My brother started preaching revivals when he was 15 years old. The hand of God was, is and was so strong on his life. He went full time on the evangelistic field when he was 18 years old. Here I was, 13-year-old thing. Ah, it's going to be like big brother. Little did I know, it wasn't. And you know what? That's okay. I love Bishop. I love his preaching. And because I'm a son in the gospel, there's going to be things that I get from him. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Bishop Mayo. And that's okay. There's other preachers in this congregation. We're, we're, we're in the saddle together. But our ministry's not the same. Because my process was, I bagged on Oklahoma last time I preached here, so I might as well bag on it some more. I was stuck in traditionalism. And I'm not ashamed to say this, and I hope they hear it. Traditionalism. I was dying in traditionalism. I knew there was one God, but Junior, I couldn't tell you in Scripture and show you where it was. I'm being transparent. I'm being honest with you. I knew that I only had you could only be baptized in Jesus' name. That was the only saving name, but I couldn't show you. Traditionalism. So God... In this process, the call, I was, I had, I had a lot of zeal. I thought, oh yeah, I can preach. A lot of y'all remember, I joked about it not long ago, but y'all remember, not that I'm a preacher now, by all means, but thank God, he's brought me a long ways. <laughs> but I can remember it's teenager. Senior in high school, here he goes. Graduate school. I had to find out real quick I had to get a job. But what about this calling? What about this anointing? 
that I could take you to at the campgrounds. It happened right No. God said, no. I didn't run from it. But there were some things as an artist would take a chisel and a, a mallet to a piece of stone. It was a process. And there were some things that had to be chipped away from me. And there had to be some sharp edges rounded off and all those good things. And so 18 years old, nothing. Young man, still in traditionalism. I was leading worship. I was singing in groups. I was playing drums on platforms. But traditionalism, there was, there was still nothing there. It was shallowness. It was, it was emptiness. So it took God pairing me with my helpmeet. And thank God for my wife. Every husband here tonight, you better be thankful for your wife. She is a help meet to you. She helped me. We lived a year in Tulsa. But I remember I was driving to a wedding in South Texas on a June afternoon. And I looked over to my wife and I said, God's calling us to Spokane. She said, lost your mind. I just got used to Oklahoma. Nothing else was said. It was just a few more, four, uh, excuse me, a few sh short months away. And as God unfolded it, he opened the door and we moved here. Would you believe this weekend would be 10 years, or this next week it would be 10 years that we moved here? But there was still a process. I'm trying to help somebody. You're in a place of unwillingness, and you're saying it's impossible. You're saying there's no way. But how do you know if you don't try? How do you know if you don't say, okay, God, I'm willing? The problem is you're, you're afraid of facing the, the character flaws in your life. You're, you're scared of having to straighten up. You're scared of having to be honest. I, I just feel this in the Holy Ghost. There's too, much, too many pit. Pentecostals and apostolics that are okay with lying and dishonesty. And so when in this process of this role and this office that God has put placed on your life, this calling, that stuff's got to go out the window. Because you, when, you, when you operate and you work in the kingdom of God, you better do it with integrity and with honesty and with excellence because if you don't, you won't last. But the problem is you went to a place, a location of unwillingness, Elder Clark, because you're unwilling to address those character flaws in your life. I don't, I, I, I want to encourage somebody here tonight. May none of us perfect. There, there's, not a, there's not one individual in here that's perfect. And if they, if they say that they are, they're, they're, they're lying. I love them, but they're lying. They're not perfect. But you have to step in there. As the prophet would talk about that potter and that clay, we've got to be willing to be pliable and moldable. 
We, we've got to allow God to, to, to work on us, but we're so afraid of it because we're comfortable. A place of unwillingness and a place of stubbornness is a comfortable place because you don't have to do it. There's no responsibility. Isn't that common in this age that we live in? There's no accountability. But when you step into it, when you, when you surrender yourself, you're saying, okay, God, my character my spirit, my attitude, it's got to fall in line. The anointing is vertical. It's with the word of God. It's with the man of God. Your, unwilling, your unwillingness shows us that there's things in your homes that you're, you're, you're not lining up with. Your unwillingness, your home doesn't line up with the word of God and the man of God. And so that's a place of unwillingness. And instead of saying, I'd rather be used and quote unquote miss out on a few things that are pleasurable to my flesh. You would rather stay in a place of unwillingness. But I moved here, and God began to work on me. And our pastor began to, he began to minister to me and show me things of true apostolic authority and the process of authority and the true role of a pastor and that he's the highest authority of this city and in this church. That any evangelist and any preacher that comes in this pulpit, he's under their, his anointing. Hey, I'm here, I'm here transparent. That was a revelation to me. And then there was other thing. My character. God had to chip away. And by chipping, I mean he had to bust out the jackhammer. Come on, let's be honest. Let's just be real. Hey, none of us walked in here. We after repentance and coming out of that water and speaking in tongues that we were we were kosher. Some of y'all was stealing cars. Some of y'all were hustling drugs. Come on. Some of us was just cussing at work. Some of us was just a little dishonest. Come on, it's it's okay. And I'm not perfect here today, but if I'm anything today, it's because I was willing, willing. Say, okay, God. There were some things I, I, I had to be chastised. I had to be corrected. I, there, there was some alignment. I had to, but it's, it's, a, it's a place of willingness. God, I'm willing. You know what it's so, God can use a person that's rough. God can use an individual that has got some issues and there's some things in the closet and all that. If they're just willing, just to be willing, not to be stubborn, not to be stiff-necked. But I say, okay, God, I'm not perfect, but I'm willing. First Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23 says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Just in case you're unaware, iniquity is a violation of the right or duty that mankind is under obligation to do. 
That's a biblical definition. Idolatry is the worship of someone or something other than God as if it were God. So your stubbornness, your unwillingness, your stubborn spirit to yield yourself under the call of God, under the direction of your man of God, is as of iniquity and idolatry. Let me tell you something here tonight. There is no room for the spirit of unwillingness slash stubbornness in a child of God's life. There's no room. We better, when, 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 when Sister Mayo, ladies, when she asks, we ought to be willing. But let me take that a step further. Any of us, before Pastor even has to ask, before Sister Mayo even has to uh, say something, I better be willing to hear the voice of God for myself. We're so dependent. I'm thankful. I'm not contradicting myself. I'm thankful for the voice of the, the man of God and my first lady in my life. But we're so co we're so dependent on that voice. But let me tell you something here tonight. It's the will of God that you be so in tune with him, that you walk with him so closely before he even tells the man of God has to say it. You can come to the man of God and say, you know what? I've noticed this in my life and I'm straightening it up and I wish you'd just help me pray about it. Would you would you bind with me? Yeah, that's the will of God. Come on. That's someone that has a willing spirit to recognize and understand. Hey, as good as preaching that we hear, and we hear, let me tell you, Cornerstone is blessed. You hear the best preaching. I'm outside of myself. I'm not putting myself in that category. But the men of God that grace this pulpit, the other ministers and preachers that are in this congregation, they are anointed. They, they it's timely. It's of the word, it's 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 of the it's of the Holy Ghost every time that they get in here. Hey, we're so blessed, we're so spoiled that we hear good preaching service after service meeting after meeting but it's the will of God that we find a place of prayer that we grow to the place to where I can hear the voice of God for myself Jonah heard the voice of God saying go and preach to him and he ran to a place of unwillingness what would happen if God speaks to you I'm confronting you here tonight if God said go do ask say what would you do? Would you be willing? Would you be willing to say, God, I not, not my will, but thine be done. Nevertheless, God, I'm willing. I don't feel like I'm qualified. I don't feel like I'm worthy of it. But God, if you ask it of me, then I will do it. We find, and I promise I'm hurrying. So close. I got a couple more points here that I feel like God showed me. But we find in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, we, in verse 11, and it says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? God called Moses. He got his attention with that burning bush, that fire that burning bush and when God caught his attention Moses immediately began to argue question who am I 
Who am I? How could I go to a speech? I've got a speech problem, God. The Bible even says in the, in that in the chapter three and we're into chapter four that God was angry with Moses. He got frustrated. My dad used to call us boneheads, and it's so true. We're so hard-headed. And there's a lot of us in here that are hard-headed. And let's just be honest. God gets frustrated with us. He got frustrated with Moses. He said, okay, I'll prove it to you that I'll be with you. He said, you see that staff in your hand? Cast it down. Turn into a serpent. Moses still argued with him. I think I would have too if I, I hate snakes. I think I would have ran. Okay, that's not good, with, good enough for you. Put your hand. Put your hand right there. Pull it out. It's full of leprosy. Okay. Now put it back in. Pulls it out and it's clean. Okay. Okay, Moses, this is what I want you to do. I want, to go, I want you to go find your brother. And with your brother's help, the two of you can speak to Pharaoh. So we find in verse chapter 3 and verse 11, Moses questioning him. Who am I? Really, God, me? I can't even speak properly. I can't. I, come on, God, are you kidding me? You want me to go in front of this Pharaoh? You want me to plead with him to let your people go? And then we hop over Exodus chapter 4 and verse 20. And it says, and Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass. And he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. So he found himself in a place of unwillingness. Hear me now. He found himself immediately a place of unwillingness. But in the process, the wrestle of it, the coming to grasp with it, to coming, trying to, trying to figure this whole thing out, somewhere in the middle of it, he went from unwillingness to willingness. Okay. I, I can't, I cannot not do this. I, I, I can't ignore. Some of you have ignored that. I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble here, but y'all just bear with me. Just like some of you men ignore, learn to ignore your wife's voice. You're sitting in your lazy boy, all chilled out. Oh, I, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't, I didn't realize you were calling for me. Come on, let's be real. We're doing that to God. Our conscience. We've ignored it to the point where it's just a familiar sound in our, in our life. I want the voice of God to be familiar in my life, but I want it to be in a place of willingness and not unwillingness. So we find Moses. I'm trying to help somebody here tonight. You can't do this. From unwillingness to willingness. Stubbornness to saying, nevertheless, God, I'll do it. I 
I'm trying to help somebody here tonight that you're in the limbo. You're right in the middle of all this. You're, you're, trying, you're trying to negotiate with God. You're trying, to, you're trying to work a deal with Him. And there's no working deals with Him other than saying, Okay, God, I'll do it. Three days and three nights in a belly's well, or a well's belly, excuse me, is a long time. It's a stinky, messy place. It's disgusting. Some of you are disgusted in the place that you are. You're in a foul place. The condition of your life, the condition of your spirit is foul. It's gross. It's, it's, it's disgusting. I'm trying to paint a, a mental image for you tonight. It stinks. It reeks. Just as no, John, Jonah found himself in that nasty place of unwillingness. But there's a place. There's a place of willingness. There's a place. Brother Jordan, come help me on the keyboard. There's a place of willingness that's an unsure. Uh, well, let me, before I go there, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 4. And I promise you I'm closing with this. Book of Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. And it says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and a ship with Zebedee, his, their father, mending their nets. And he called, he called them. Verse 22 says, and they immediately left the ship and their father's or excuse me, their father, and followed him. Straightway they left, and immediately they left. Did they have it all figured out, Sister Mayo? No. Brother Sessions, they didn't have a clue. They were fishermen. What is this to be fishermen of? I'm going to be a fisher of men. There was a process. Now there, we understand this is only four of the twelve. But because on day they followed him. It was a process. There was some character that had to be trimmed off some of them. Oh, there are some characters. Peter probably, in my mind's eye, was, man, he was a deal. I'm sure... I'm going to get myself in really trouble, Brother Abby, Abby, but I'm sure Pastor, he thinks the same about us sometimes. Like, dude, they are a deal. But these 12, these four here out of the 12, straightway and immediately went. And they walked with him. And they ate with him. And they watched the miraculous. And he showed them. And then when he sent them out, 
You're worried about your future. You're worried about your finances. You're worried about the, the well-being of your, your, your family. And I understand that that's, that's, you should as a man. Be, uh, but when it comes to the kingdom, when it comes to kingdom work, you know, when he sent them out, he told them, he said, first, well, not first of all, but one of the things he instructed them, he said, I want you to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I don't want you taking anything with you. Don't get your Yeti on wheels and fill it full of sandwiches. and Don't even worry about food. Care. Does the Bible say, does it say care for nothing? Or something to that effect. But go. Go. If they were willing at the beginning to go straightway and immediately. Now we know one of those characters, when it's all said and done, he couldn't stay the course. But those other 11, and specifically Peter, James, and John, we see them through the Gospels. Immediately. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Go. The beggar, the gate beautiful. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I'll go. I'm willing. I, I have nothing to offer you, but this is what it is. What I'm preaching to someone here tonight, I'm trying to preach somebody out of a place of unwillingness. I promise you, if you'll be willing, you'll care for nothing. I promise you as the disciples, as modern day disciples of God, I can't explain it to you. Brother Tristan, God's blessing, His favor, it just follows you. Every time I turn around, I, not because I'm perfect. You understand this year, the, earlier this year, I, I, I spent the money to expand my business. I was satisfied. I was willing. I'm being vulnerable here. I was willing just to be a good man in the church and, and pay, pay my tithes and uh, God's tithes and give my offerings and be a, be a help to the man of God. I was willing. I, I spent money. I was going to expand the business. I was going to just keep working. But God said, I want you, I want you to go evangelize. I want you to go, go preach at these churches. But God, I, I spent this money. I invested in this. I could be a blessing, God. Just let me be right here. But somewhere, my wife and I looked at each other and said, we're just willing. God, if that's what you want, then I'll do it. Really me? I was in that place of Moses. Me? God, really? I think God's got some humor. I want to say, God, you know who my brother is? God said, yeah, you. I know who your brother is, but I don't care. I've called you. 
I want you. Willing. 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 If you're waiting for an altar call, it's already began. walked away from God you're feeling guilt you're feeling shame right now I'm preaching to somebody right now if I you, 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 you're, you're, you're wrestling in your mind if I make my way to that altar they'll be looking at me not only will they be looking at me they'll surround me and swarm me and they'll put their sweaty palmy hands on my, my head and I, I, you know, all this thing. You're, are you willing God's saying right here this is where you belong this is where you first fell in love. It was at all early altars. Come on, somebody go back in time. Go way back in time in your mind. And remember those early altars. Brother Gazanda, youth conventions. Brother Anderson, those camps. I didn't know what the, it would look like this. I didn't, I, oh, don't, just stop. Stop. Just be willing. Just be willing. I wonder if there's any Jonas in this house tonight. I wonder if there's any individuals that have come and find a place of repentance and saying, God, I repent of my stubbornness. I'll teach the Bible study. <laughs> There's some of you here that you think God's forgotten about you. You've watched peers. You, I want you to respond right now, but I want you to hear me. You've watched peers as God's used them. You've watched peers. <laughs> Can you hear me tonight? You've watched friends step out in faith and God use them and anoint them. And you sit there and you ponder. Hear me tonight. You, you question God. Have you, for, have you forgot about me? And God's saying no. Do you remember those prayer meetings we used to have? God's saying, do you remember those times it would just be me and you and some music? Come on, hear me tonight. This is not just another service. I know, I know. Oh, it's just Brother Marks again. He's just trying to stir us up. He's just trying to poke and prod. No, I'm trying to get somebody to wake up and to realize, just find a place of willingness. Move from that place of unwillingness. You've not been forgotten. You're not stuck on the backside of a hill. David, David was anointed king of Israel, but it didn't happen immediately. He just went back to tending sheep. Come on, hear me tonight. Please don't ignore this. <laughs> Please hear me tonight. You've allowed yourself to become stubborn. 
There's offices in this church. There's roles that you are supposed to play in this congregation that will thrust this congregation into revival like we've never seen. But you've been unwilling. You've been stubborn in your spirit. You found your place in the bottom of a whale's belly of unwillingness. Come on. I believe in this altar call here tonight. God's calling people for the first time. I believe for the first time in your life, you're feeling the anointing oil of God's calling placed upon your life. Find a place of willingness. Come on. Come on. I rebuke the spirit of unwillingness. I rebuke that stubborn, stiff-necked spirit right now. I come against it by the authority of the name of Jesus. Blessing and favor is found when you're willing, anointing, anointing that you've never felt is found in a place of willingness. Come on. rather find myself struggling my way through willingness than stuck in a place of unwillingness I would rather find myself just oh God I need you God I, I gotta have you I'd rather find myself in that place to a willingness of going no telling God no I won't do it Oh, these are my terms, God. This is what I agree to. No, no, no. God's saying, just find a place. I've got to be willing. 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 There's another part in Scripture where God called the people of Israel a hard-hearted people. Come on, we can't be hard-hearted. We've got to be soft. I want to be tender. I want to be sensitive. 
Come on, in the name of Jesus. I want to preach to some elders here tonight. Your age has no effect. God still wants to use you. Come on. I don't care how long you've ran. I don't care if you just disqualify yourself because of the gray hair that's on your head. I'm telling you, if you find a place of willingness, God will use you. Some of you have made comments. Man, I wish somebody would step up. and I, I, I wish they would facilitate this in the church. I wish they had this. What about you? Have you, have you wondered? Have you thought maybe God's calling you to do it? That's why it's on your heart. That's why it's in your mind. That's why you've realized, man, we, we're really lacking in this area. Man, we could really be strengthened in this area. What, have you wondered, just thought maybe that God's calling you? Are you willing? Are you willing? last thing I want to say you have to pardon the personal reference my daddy is an incredible man been an incredible Christian for many years he retired three or four years ago from American Airlines worked almost 33 years there Faithful. Brother Martin, he, he, was, he was fulfilled the role of the priest of his home. He provided. And he taught Bible studies. I want you to hear me. He taught Bible studies five days a week. He'd have somewhere up to sometimes a dozen men in his Bible studies on his job. Elder Sergeant, when he retired, he went from teaching Bible studies five days a week to not having anything. And he, he had some in-home Bible studies with some of those men, but it just wasn't the same. It's been over a year now, probably close to a year and a half, but my dad, at 64 years old, began to, the home, his hometown where he grew up in southeastern Oklahoma has never had an apostolic church. He began to get a burden. He began to pray. Talked to his pastor, and they began to pray. His pastor said, well, why don't you just go see if you can get a Bible study started? 64 years old. Three hours away, 
once a week, my mom and dad began to drive. Began to knock doors. If you're feeling conviction, we should be. We should be feeling it. 64 years old. Began to knock doors. Began to meet the little rodeo fairgrounds deal. And then God bless them with another little building. Just a few months ago, a businessman in town said, I ain't doing nothing with this storefront. You can guys, you guys can have it. No charge. They went in there and painted and put a sign in the window. And now, 65 years old, Brother Mayo, I don't know if I had a chance to tell you. Last Monday at their Bible study, my daddy baptized two people. He's got people coming. Backsliders have visited. Why? Not because he's a great preacher. Not because he's anything, but willing. Just hungry. Let me speak to an elder here tonight. This end time revival. This, what we're experiencing and what we're going to experience. There's room enough for every individual in this church. If you're willing. I think, I, I just, I, I believe this is an appropriate place and posture at the end of this service. But I think God, from this day point, is going to wonder and is going to expect nothing but willingness. raise our hands across this building. One more time, I wonder if we could just pray and ask God to give us a spirit of willingness. I'm willing. I'm willing.